0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. The church teaches that there are nine choirs of angels. One of those choirs, or one of those groups, one of those levels... Or the archangels They are for us Powerful allies In our spiritual battles Why? Because God gives them Great power To help us fight Against those demons That we have to face Every day In our spiritual battle In fact, on a regular basis We have to imagine that demons try to impede our spiritual growth, but they're only just moderately successful because we have these, these allies, the archangels. We know that they're spiritual beings that we can't see, we can't see them because they don't have a body, but they really exist. They don't exist simply in our minds. They're not simply myths. They're not just symbols of our culture. But they are as real as the sidewalk. They are as real as a dog. They are as real as the person sitting next to you. Or they are just as real as the electricity that powers this light. They are present right here. They are present right now. Right next to you. And they will be particularly present during the Holy Mass. They're not these cute and cuddly, comfortable, chummy little, half-adolescent, effeminate, yeah, beings, you know. In fact, we can imagine the archangels as these fearsome and formidable warriors huge, massive strong and with lots of experience if they were to wear some kind of medals on their lapels these medals would be you know, vast they are kind of the real the real extraterrestrials the real supermen the ultimate aliens that protect us. And their, their minds, well, they're far more brilliant than Einstein, they're more brilliant than any of the most brilliant people who've ever lived. But like that electricity, we can't see it. We just know its effects. We remember perhaps that famous story of Pope Leo Thirteenth. In 1884, who had celebrated Mass in St. Peter's. And as I understand, he was on his way back to the sacristy and he was suddenly stunned when he suddenly saw the devil. Like he saw a monstrous figure in front of him. The devil telling him that he wanted to destroy the church. And I don't know if he actually saw the devil or he just heard it, but, but he suddenly seized the gravity of the moment. This is 1884. In full modernist crisis. When all these, these now famous authors began to spread their, their modernist ideas, many of which are still present in different forms. And people suddenly saw the pope there and he looked pale he looked fearful and some even recorded the conversation he seems to have had there or that seems to have taken place between jesus himself and satan a little bit like we see in the book of job where satan appears to god and speaks to him but this time apparently the conversation was something like this i mean apparently somebody took note satan says to jesus i can destroy the church so jesus replies you can well then go ahead and do it satan says to do so i need more time more power jesus asked how much time how much power satan said between 75 to 100 years and a greater power over those who will give themselves over to my service." He said, you have the time, you have the power, do with them what you will. And this, of course, really shook Pope Leo up a lot. And so immediately upon arriving in the sacristy, he composed the famous St. Michael prayer that many, many priests say now at the end of the Mass. It used to be obligatory to say it. I know in some parishes... Especially those that are dedicated to St. Michael, they say it right at the end of Mass. The whole, the whole parish recites it. And here, too, uh, Cardinal Collins, since he is the Bishop of Toronto with St. Michael's Cathedral, is often sung there or, or recited there. Because the Pope lived at that time, the end of the 19th century, in particularly turbulent times. And he really believed that a prayer was necessary To dispel the darkness that really hung over the world And you know the famous prayer he wrote Still said today Saint Michael the Archangel Defend us in battle Be our protector against the wickedness And snares of the devil May God rebuke him we humbly pray And do thou O Prince of the Heavenly Host By the power of God cast into hell satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls it's a it's a beautiful prayer because it it, it uh, provokes confidence in god but at the same time it gives you kind of an image and it gives you an idea of the of the prowling nature of the devil And, of course, St. Michael, as we know, is one of the archangels, the three archangels, St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael, which we celebrate today. And they are of special importance to us. If we we go back now to 1932 and picture our founder, St. Josemaria, in Segovia, Segovia, It's an ancient city, it has a famous uh, Roman aqueduct from the first century, lots of old buildings and churches, and it's a beautiful place, well it doesn't hurt that they have this beautiful Sierra de Guarama in the background, beautiful place, there's a beautiful ancient uh, castle there, it's one of the most, they say, most romantic cities in Spain. That's where our father is at that time, 1932. He'd been preaching a retreat. He says, actually he was on retreat. He said, I was on a retreat in the monastery of the discalced Carmelites in Segovia in complete isolation as, my, as was my custom, without anyone to accompany me or direct a meditation. I spent long periods of prayer in the chapel where the remains of John of the cross lie buried. There in that chapel, I had the interior motion to invoke for the first time the three archangels and the three apostles whose intercession all the members of the work beseech each day in our precious our prayers from that moment on they have been the patrons of the three works that make up opus day we know three branches the numeraries are entrusted to Saint michael supernumeraries are entrusted to Saint Gabriel and young people in general to Saint Raphael. It's pretty it's really clear that the different states in life kind of require different, a different form of attention but still they have all the same substance. We know that the, the purpose of the Saint Michael work, trusted the, the Archangel Saint Michael, is uh, to look after the formation of numerous and associates, to sustain them, to, to improve their human and supernatural uh, formation. In other words, it seeks to, to give them all the doctrinal and spiritual means they need so that the, all their personal dedication is always undertaken out of love for God is always done with that rectitude of intention the desire to please our Lord and what they do that way under the prediction of St. Michael the fighter the the one who's battling against uh, the devil that all the work we do really be as effective as possible because numerous and associates they need to be strong they need to be resilient like St. Michael as we know, St. Michael is always shown as a fighter. He's wearing his armor. And he's always shown destroying the treacherous work of the devil. As we read in the book of Revelation, the vision of St. John, Now war rose arose in heaven, and Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they were defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth. His angels were thrown down with him. So it was thrown down, taken away from any kind of power in heaven. And we often see that famous uh, painting or famous image of St. Michael with a kind of Roman armor and and a sword and the devil writhing below him. He's shown to have great power, great uh, sort of serenity as he does this. And that's the archangel that we should often have recourse to when we're a bit afraid or when we're nervous, when we're stressed, anxious, so that we that well that he intercede for us that he help us develop a greater resilience against setbacks against difficulties against tiredness and also the the courage to embrace others with hardships and difficulties that we may encounter people who who are are facing great challenges in their life we have to be there for them Now Augustine mentions that the creation narrative in Genesis he mentions that first it refers to the creation of light and only then or after that to the sun and then it mentions the separation of night and day so at the very beginning, it says, uh, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. But then later, a few verses later, it says that, let there let there be light in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. Let there be light in the vault. Well, it sounds like he's talking about the stars. And let them serve as signs to mark the sacred times, the days and the years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth seems a, like a little bit of a repetition. I thought there was already light. Now these stars or whatever, these vaults, these, in, in, yeah, these lights in the, in the vault are, are kind of rep, re, repeated. First there's let there be light, which is really, he says probably let there be light. is really the creation of the angels. They came like before the creation of, of the rest of the world. And then that separation, well, that's the separation between the good angels and the bad angels, which those bad angels had already in some way rebelled. And there are reams and reams of angels, and in that nine choirs are the archangels. St. Michael, we know he is uh, the one who confronts the devil with that rhetorical question, Qui Who is like God? You often see that. Qui in paintings or on, you know, emblematic places. Qui which is a good question that is to be asked to those who think that they could be somewhat like God. Certainly, the devil thinks he has the power of God, and and Michael says but who is like who really is like God in other words nobody is like God you can't be like God of course the devil full of pride had thought that he could act like God whereas St. Michael full of humility saw this as a great evil to challenge God like that an evil that had to be that had to be fought destroyed and because of this, St. Michael was raised through God's grace to a higher position in heaven. Apparently, originally, he was in the lower choirs, but because he confronted the devil, he was kind of given a promotion, and he, you know, higher paid grade, and, and now he's in the, with the other angels there, with the archangels. But the devil is asking, who, you know, you know, He wants more power, but Michael is really saying, who can be like God? Who can challenge him? Who can seek to confront him somehow? Who can decide of his own meaning or purpose of his own existence? Who can just, like, make it up? We are given existence. We are given meaning. In some mysterious way, though he confronts the devil, uh, say, Michael protects us from any form of meaninglessness, any, any form in which things don't make sense, from just kind of wandering down an empty alley, the empty alley of our own making, our own design, our own ego. When We just want to do things the way, because we want to do them like this, we prefer to do them. Because we know only God really creates Only God gives life Only God is indeed the master of life and death And Michael helps us to be humble in that sense you know, He helps us to follow the designs of God Of course, we need to determine where our life is, is going We need to determine how we can be the best version of ourselves And we can ask in our vocation now am i really embracing this totally am i embracing all the challenges or am i somehow fleeing those challenges somehow taking the easier route foregoing things that i know i ought to do because i kind of like want to kind of like want to make my own life i prefer to do something else some way maybe not explicitly but in some way ex- uh, challenging god True meaning in our life really is forged by what we are given from our circumstances, and we need the courage to embrace this that is given to us. And that's why we say Michael is the champion of courage, of protection, of integrity, of strength, of truth, that's why we say he's a fighter, and we have to, we have to fight for, in order to become the best version of ourselves. And maybe St. Michael is sent to help us to overcome that fear that we might have. You know, the, the kind of fear that, in, that is instilled in us just at the beginning of the day, when we get out of bed, the fear, okay, I have this to do, oh my God, I have that to do, I have to talk to this person, all the, the fears that we may have because we may not think that we can live up to the challenge. Then Michael accompanies us so that we not be paralyzed or frightened by the unknown, and we be, you know we' be just like part of stresses that we're just partly paralyzed before what we don't really control all that much. He's there right now, and he's here right now that we not be kind of frightened by hardship, you know numerous. Associates have to be fighters. Like soldiers in this war of peace against just kind of living for ourselves, just doing things for ourselves, doing what we enjoy, living in a kind of mediocrity, living with just minimal demands on ourselves and a kind of image of sanctity that is not really mature, or that stays at a kind of low grade, a slow burn, without arriving at, at that intensity, at that boiling point that we need to become. We have to be more like those soldiers in that movie, Saving Private Ryan, a great movie where it represents them on D Day when they. Disembark in Normandy on those famous Higgins boats, and many of them are shot immediately just upon the door opening from the boat. They're shot. Others are falling to the water, and they get onto the they get onto the beach, and some of them are shot on the beach. Others make it. Others don't make it, but they're fighting. And uh, St. Michael must have been helping many of them. Now, there used to be the Feast of St. Michael, but just pure St. Michael and then just pure St. Gabriel. That's what our father certainly knew. But after the Reform in the Liturgy, they were all united into Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. That's okay because, well, of their unity, and they intercede for us to keep also Obestei very much united. And... uh, this is something very key, also very fundamental. That is, that we ask the three guardian angels today, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, the three works, that the work always be very much united. That Opus Day be an institution in the Church that is very much like a, like a united pillar. And maybe those three archangels are there to support us. You know, so that we never get into any kind of inter- internal divisions, or camps, or maybe you imagine diverse, different interpretations, right? Those who are like this interpretation, those who are that interpretation of our father, something like that, and that there'll be these different camps. Or that that somehow they be divided into men and women, like separate, completely not united, or priests and laity. It's, it's a danger. It's always been a danger that could happen. And if anything, if it hasn't happened, it's because these archangels are uniting us. So We need the power of the archangels to keep us together. Not just angels. We need archangels. They have that role in ensuring unity. Because... They are these invisible creatures that are right now adoring the unity of God. And when you adore God, you adore God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're distinct, distinct persons, but it's one God. And there are many distinct levels, or not levels, but distinct uh, elements, I guess you could say, in Oprah's day. Men, women, priests, uh, and so forth. Uh, but it's one thing, it's one reality. Wanted by God. And uh, we have those three archangels. I mean, well, Saint Michael emphasizes the aspect of sort of the fighting spirit that we have to have. What about Saint Gabriel? Well, Saint Gabriel, he was uh, the archangel that Saint Rosemaria entrusted to supernumeraries, to married people. Well, they needed they did an archangel just as much. And we know Saint Gabriel means God's strength God's strength and he is mentioned uh, several times in the, in the Gospels especially that famous line to Zacharias on, at the conception of John the Baptist he's mentioned in the Annunciation to Our Lady in this case he's not like Michael in the sense Michael is always pictured uh wearing this armor as a fighter Gabriel well he's more like uh, he's the guy standing at the altar because when he appears to Zachariah he appears at the right side of the altar of incense so it's like in some ways he's very associated with the liturgy and Zachariah was totally gripped with fear when he saw that Gabriel said don't be afraid your prayer has been heard like he's He's in the context of the liturgy, in the context of the worship of God. He's saying, Don't worry, when you pray, your prayer will be heard. And of course, there's that exchange with the angel and Zachariah and Zachariah's kind of like, Okay, uh, so my wife, who's like way old, she's gonna have a babe, okay. Kinda, he begins to doubt, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, my wife is well on in years. And that great line. Angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and tell you the good news. Like he's saying, like, what are you doubting about? Now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the days this happens. Because you did not believe in my words, which will come true at their appointed time. That must have been... A fearsome moment. So, since he doubted and uh, he wasn't sure of the authenticity of these words and needed proof, as though seeing an angel were not enough, I mean, normally angels are pretty much invisible, but now he even saw the angel, but in the context of this prayer. Mm -hmm. So, one thing we can take out of this is that. Gabriel and the other angels are always around us when we do anything liturgical. When we pray, he, the angels will be here at this altar, right here, during Mass in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. They worship God in front of the tabernacle, just like these angels here. They're worshiping God. And maybe one of these is at Gabriel, because one of them, that one over there, uh, is the angel that appears in the Annunciation scenes. In fact, in the canon and the Roman canon, after the consecration, the priest is invited to bow. There's a moment when he bows down. And he says, In humble prayer, we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son. And then he has to make the sign of the cross may be filled, that we may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Well, that's that's the angels there, and Gabriel too is going to be somehow present. Imagine Gabriel with his body, this pure spiritual being. He's helping to make these offerings acceptable. Your offerings, what you've put on the patent there, he's making it acceptable to God. Somehow, mysteriously, this angelic being is working in our In this divine moment of of liturgy, of worship. Well, then we have, of course, Raphael as well, the healer of God. Well, you can you know the story from the book of Tobit, and we always invoke him when we go on travels, and he protects us as we travel through this life. Because you know, Tobit was blinded and uh, Well, Raphael was there to heal that blindness and we too have our blind spots. We don't know ourselves. We don't always know how to be healed. We can ask him to heal our blindness. We can't see. We can't understand something. Am I even blind to the needs of others? So he'll heal us from our loneliness as well and protect us on our travels. St. Raphael. St. Michael, and Gabriel, St. Raphael. The three archangels will protect that unity and lead us really to be the fighters, the worshipers, eh, and the healers that we all really want to be and desire to be in the worship of God. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you help to put them into effect